So we are on page 44, and we just, we're, we're talking, continuing the conversation about different statements of Chazal, of the sages talk, dealing with, uh, you know, how important it is to not be lazy and to do things with alacrity. And we are on the third paragraph, and it says, you will also find that all of the deeds of the righteous are always done speedily. Regarding Avraham, it states, and Avraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said to her, quickly, and he gave them to the boy who then hurried. This is referring to when Avraham was sitting shortly after having received a bris milah, after having given himself a bris milah, actually. And Hashem comes to visit. And then the angels come in the guise of people. Avraham jumps up and runs into the tent and tells Sarah to quickly get food for the, for the angels, who he does not realize are angels. And he gives them to the boy who himself hurried. And as for Rivka, it says as well in the story of Rebecca that when Rebecca sees Eliezer coming with all of these ga- the camels, she immediately, she quickly emptied her pitcher into the drinking trough, right? So we see time and time again in the stories of, of, the, of the Chumash, we see how our ancestors, the righteous ones, they rushed very quickly to accomplish the mitzvah. Similarly, they stated in the Midrash, the woman ran quickly and told her husband. This is in Shoftim. This is in the, the judges. This is actually referring to the mother of Samson. The mother of Samson is given a message by, by an angel that she's going to have this child, and she runs quickly and tells her husband. Teaches that all the deeds of the righteous are done quickly. They do not allow time to slip away, neither regarding the commencement of a mitzvah nor its completion. My, my grandfather was a Lithuanian Jew who came to America, and he, he was a, a righteous person. Uh, you know, it was a holy Jew who was... Um, a head of a school, a dean of a school in the Lower East Side. And I remember even at the age of 80, it was impossible to keep up with him. And I was 16 years old. They could not keep up with him walking anywhere. He was just walking. Everything was, everything was very, very fast. Whatever he did, it was done quickly, done well, and then now to the next thing. Um, the person whose soul is aroused to the service of his creator will surely not be lax in the performance of his mitzvot. Rather, his movement will be as rapid as fire, for he will neither rest nor be silent until the matter is brought to completion. If you probe further, you will see that just as alacrity is influenced by the arousal from within, this arousal itself is influenced by alacrity. This is an interesting idea that he's, he's going into now, right now. This is an idea that has been discussed in, um, throughout, throughout the history of the sages. This is a concept that today, I think people use as fake it till you make it. So what that means is that sometimes you don't necessarily have the, the mindset to actually do this with the full intent that it really deserves. And this is not specific to mitzvot, right? This is for everything. But sometimes it's very important to just make believe that that is where you're at and do the activities as if that's where you're at. And through acting that way and continuing to act that way, you actually will then start, it will become part of who you are. You become acclimated and it will actually engender those feelings and then it will become a cycle. Once the feelings have been engendered because that's how you're acting, then it will be even more natural for you to continue acting in that fashion, right? So you make believe that's really where you're at. Convince yourself that's where you're at. And through doing those actions, you're actually going to convince your heart to follow your actions. And once your heart follows your actions, well, now your heart can actually start stimulating the actions in the first place. For if one is enthusiastic in his performance of a mitzvah, he will find that when he quickens his external physical movement, he will thereby cause his inner fervor to be aroused and his yearning and desire will progressively intensify. However, 
if he reacts with lethargy when moving his limbs, the inner drive of his spirit will also wither and be extinguished. Experience will confirm this as true. Right? So this is something that's really, like I said, this goes way before the author's times, this concept of as being a concept in Judaism, how important it is to, to do the actions, whether or not your, in, your internal place is saying that this is necessarily the right thing or not, it's still important to do the actions. So in Hebrew, we say hachitzonius, right? The externals, meorer uh, ephapinimius, will cause the interior, the, the internal part of who you are to be awakened. You already know, however, that what is most desirable for the service of the creator, may his name be blessed, is the yearning of the heart and the pining of the soul. So what is he referring to? What he's referring to is that, yeah, to, to do it very quickly, just because you know that that's the right thing to do, that's one level of alacrity. But to do it very quickly because you have a deep desire to fulfill the mitzvah quickly, that's a different level, right? So why do, you, why, do we do, why do we do things the way we do them? Do we do them because we're afraid? Do we do them because we want to get the reward? Do we do them because we think that this is what Hashem wants? And therefore, that's why we do them, to connect with Hashem. And if that becomes from a, a, a true internal desire and it's just a, a yearning to try to be the best that we can, that's the highest level. Perceiving this as his good portion, King David rejoices, declaring, as a deer cries longingly for the brooks of water, my soul yearns for you, O eternal. My soul thirsts for the eternal, the living God. When will I be judged worthy to come and appear before the eternal? My soul longingly yearns for the courtyards of the eternal. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh pines for you. There's four different places in Psalms. King David is describing the way in which he desires to connect to God. And he's using these, these, these analogies that are very earthy and, and more physical analogies than, than what we, should, we would expect him to be using to describe a very a spiritual reality. But the fact of the matter is, he's trying to bring this point home to us, how the, the, true, the true way to, to try to connect to Hashem is not out of any sort of external forces. It's really just coming from a personal, internal movement to try to get closer. For the person in whom this desire is not sufficiently kindled, it is advisable that he actively arouse himself. This will lead to the result that the desire will become a part of his nature. So the external movement will stimulate the internal one. And this is clearly more in line with his capabilities than the ability to influence the internal domain directly. So he gives us a real hint into human nature here, right? So you have something that you want to actually change, something that you want to change about your mindset about life, right? So one way to do that is to just sit in a room quietly, meditate and figure out how you're going to change your mindset, right? To say, how am I going to learn to be accepting of people who I don't get along with, right? Okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just, that's it. I'm just, I decided, I came to that conclusion, and from now I'm going to be very accepting, right? That's going to last up until the next time you get cut off on the highway, and then it's not going to be there anymore. So it's not enough to come to some sort of mental resolution and a resolve that from now on I'm not going to do that. That's not the reality. The reality is the best way to come to that change is the paradigm shift is really going to come about through actually, in a physical sense, through you not reacting time and time again, you're actually going to acclimate yourself and create a, a new reality in which you don't get annoyed, right? So it's not necessarily going to come about through purely a rational a resolve. It's going to come about through, that's certainly part of the, of, the, uh, of the game, but the other part is certainly going to be to actually carry out the action that you've resolved to do and time and time again, and that will reinforce that behavior and reinforce your mindset, and that will actually change 
to, to, to put you into this better place. If he will utilize what is within his capacity, eventually he will also acquire what lies beyond his capacity. And he will discover inner joy, yearning, and desire as a result of the deliberate intensity in his movement. As the prophet says, and to know we must pursue the knowledge of the eternal. And it is written, they should follow the eternal like a roaring lion, right? So what does it mean like a roaring lion? It's saying that the way we should follow is, is to focus our efforts in a very physical sense, as if, as if this is really what we want to be doing. And then if we do that in a very physical way, then we actually could reach this level of where we're doing it, not just in a physical sense, but it's actually now stimulated internally, right? It's almost like um, it's creating a Pavlovian, a Pavlovian reaction, right? So if I constantly do a specific thing, when I'm faced with a specific choice, I'm actually gonna be rewiring my mental circuitry, if you will, right? And that's the idea that we're talking about here. This is the idea, like I said, it goes back over a thousand years in Jewish philosophy, the importance of faking it until you make it, how that actually will rewire you, even on an internal level, what we think of as just being a physical, external thing will actually end up rewiring you even internally as well. Okay, that's the end of chapter seven. We continue tomorrow night. Take care.